Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of the Ambassadors Forum Radio Show here on True Talk 800 AM KPDQ. I'm your host, Roy Swart, father of seven, MIT graduate, active engineer in the high-tech industry, and most importantly, bought and paid for, bond servant, Lord Jesus Christ. Our mission here at the Ambassadors Forum is to equip you to be able to better understand and defend your faith by thinking biblically, the same way Jesus did. I have the incredible honor and privilege of having my daughters on the show with me today. Hey, ladies. Hello. (laughs) Ruthie and Marianne, they've actually been on the show before. Quick little recap of them. They've both been raised in the faith. They've both been homeschooled. They've both attended private Christian school. They've both attended youth apologetics conferences and taught at youth apologetics conferences. They're both actively living out their faith as young people, and I am just so proud of them. So I am so glad to have you guys with me again today. Yeah, we're good to be here. You really hyped us up there. Yeah, you sound really cool. (laughs) Well, last time I talked with you was December 2020. Yeah, that didn't really work out like that. So how, in your perspective, has the world changed or continued to change in the last 12 to 15 months? One thing that I can think of that the world has changed is the kind of conversations I have with my friends. I am not a very confrontational person, and so I think I sort of avoided hot topic conversations such as social justice issues and politics and these current topics. But I'm at the point where I can't avoid anything like that because it's so prevalent in our lives. They come up every single day because everything we do is being influenced by them. And I think it's kind of cool because it's caused me to think a lot more about things like what does it look like to pursue social justice as a Christian? What is the responsibility of the government? How do I interact with people who believe things very different than I do? Because I can't really avoid or hide from these topics anymore. That's good. So I think the nature of our conversations has changed a lot in the last two years. Echoing off of that, I totally agree with everything you're saying. And I think in relation to our faith, it has made Christians and especially Christians like college students and high school students, even middle school students, it's made us really either own up to our faith or hide from it because people are going to be asking us questions. How as a Christian are you going to respond to BLM? How as Christians are you going to respond to this political issue or that political issue? It's very, very targeted and Christians either they're going to step up and be like, I serve God anyway, and we're going to work through these issues, and let's look at what the Bible says and find an answer to your question and explore this, or they're going to be like, this is too much. This is more than I signed up for. It's easier for me to not be a Christian. It's easier for me to deny this and go with what the world says, because otherwise it's just in my face every day. I just think it's really made people either step out and be very vocal about their being a Christian or they're falling away from the faith. Yeah, I think it used to be easy to be a Christian and sort of walk through life without people maybe knowing or not knowing. But I feel like everything you do kind of sets you in one group or the other. 
So for example, someone might come up to me and say, hey, like, why are you not wearing a mask or why are you wearing a mask? And it's everything you do kind of sends a message of which camp you stand on. And so it's you can't really hide from what you believe anymore. It has forced you one end or the other, but there's kind of not a lot of middle ground left. No, which I don't think is a bad thing because sometimes I think as Christians, it's easy to get comfortable where we are and we need a little push in the direction to be like, hey, if you truly believe this, you need to stand up. You need to be not ashamed about it. And it also sort of, what's that biblical phrase? It separates the wheat from the shaft. It has forced people to decide what they believe and pick a side and kind of go with it. You just said, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Do you think everybody, you know, your friends, your community now, your people, do you think there'd be universal agreement that it's been a good thing? Or you think some people are like, no, it's been a terrible thing because now you got to pick a side. What do you guys think? I think it might honestly depend on how secure someone feels in their beliefs. Mm -hmm. If someone feels very secure in what they believe and they're very sure of themselves, they'll think it's a good thing because they're like, I was already like this. And so now I even have the outlet to be more vocal about what I believe. But for someone who likes to not really choose a side or who's not really sure, they like almost have one foot in like one territory, one foot in the other. It's very scary and not a good thing because you're having to choose. Am I going to follow the Bible? Am I going to follow God? Am I going to have this radical obedience to God? Or am I going to try to like obey the world and please the world? And you can't anymore have one foot in each camp. Mm-hmm. I think kind of like what Marianne was touching on. And again, what, I'm 18, so I don't have that much experience. But it, it still feels like it used to be easier mm-hmm. to have a foot in each camp, to be a little bit more neutral, to not really let your Christian life get in the way of how mm. you lived in other places mm. but now it's to the point where you can't have a little bit of each you can either follow god you can either be obedient to him or you can fit in with the world and so for people who aren't quite sure that their allegiance is with god it's very uncomfortable mm-hmm. i think of bible verses like hey i wish you were either hot or cold i'm gonna spit you out of my mouth i hate lukewarm we're in a battle. The Bible talks about Christians, you know, our life is like being in a spiritual battle and a spiritual war that, you know, there's no neutral ground. You can't avoid this. Do you think spiritually speaking, biblically speaking, people could land on, yeah, it's probably a good thing. Or you think there's some people that would say, no, God's a God of peace. He's a God of order. It's better if things were all just settled down and there wasn't this big conflict. What do you think? I think that if someone is saying that, then in the nicest way possible, I say, go read your Bible. And I say this with no condemnation whatsoever because I was literally just there. I'm in an Old Testament class right now at college, and I'm actually reading through the Old Testament again. And I feel like it's been way too long since I've really dug into it. But when you read that and when you see who God is, you see that God is not just a God of love who's okay with sin. And like, if you're you're messing up, it's okay. Like, like, God is like, oh oh no, like God needs us to defend him against the world. God is like making a mistake or he kind of, like, no, Uh -uh. bro. When God's people were in Egypt and they were enslaved, dude, he rained down plagues upon Egypt to show them 
this is the God I am. I am powerful. You do not abuse my people, and I'm going to rescue them. And then again, when his people, when they were in the desert and when they were sinning against him, like, he wiped them out. When Sodom and Gomorrah were wicked, he wiped them out. Like, there was no, oh, God is just a God of peace. Like, that is a part of God, but God is not just a God of peace. God is also a just God, and he pours out wrath on sin. And that is something that you will, you can't avoid that if you're reading through the Bible, especially if you're reading through the Old Testament, that will become very obvious. And so kind of forgot what the original question was. <laughs> the original question was, do you think the Bible takes a stand on, hey, you should be black or white or middle is a good thing or whatever. And you're like, yeah, uh, I, think it does. No. I think it does. I think that if you look at the Bible and like read it through, I would say that you can absolutely come to the conclusion that the Bible takes a stand and the Bible says you're either with God or you're his enemy. Mm-hmm. That's good. I'm glad you said that, Ruthie, because every time I talk about apologetics or give a presentation on, you know, Bible stuff or whatever, my number one takeaway is always read your Bible. And at some point people are like, yeah, yeah, yeah of course we're Christians. You know, of course, we're supposed to read our Bible. And if I'm feeling a little bit snarky or confrontational, I'm like, cool. So when's the last time you read your Bible? And they're like, well, I mean, I mean, in general, I mean, because every day and I'm like, no, 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 let's get down to brass tacks. Like, are you reading your Bible? Are you reading it every day? Is it something you look forward to? Is it something you're investing in? Is it something you're committed to? Not to be too harsh, but it's something that as a whole, we fail in as Christians. We're not yeah. doing this job at all. I have another comment on that. In my Old Testament class that I said I'm taking, we're reading this book by A.W. Tozer called Knowledge of the Holy. And one of the sentences that he says, what comes to mind when someone asks you, like, what do you think about God? That is the most important thing about that person because that dictates how you're going to live your entire life. And I think the best way to have the right knowledge of God is to look into like God gave us his word. God reveals himself through the Bible. So the most important thing about you is what you think about God. And so if you're like, shoot, I better get that right. Well, go look in what God gave to us. God revealed himself in the Bible. And so if you want to know what God is like, read what he gave us, read his self-revelation. Again, just echoing the importance of reading the Bible. And I feel like that's just something that Christians are told from like, the second you can like understand language, it's like, read the Bible. But I don't think that I ever took that seriously, or I don't think I understood the significance of it until I, I don't even know. I feel like every day I get reminded how important it is, or I get convicted of how little I'm actually reading my Bible. So let's get practical. What do you think are some obstacles that you faced or other people face why are we sounding like broken records? Be like, read your Bible, read your Bible, read your Bible. And people are like, I want to, but I never do. What do you guys think in your generation or in your personal life? What was keeping you from reading the Bible? My first instinct was, we don't know how to read the Bible. I think back to when I was like 10 years old and we'd have to like read our Bible for Sunday school to get the stickers. And so I would sit there and open it up and I'd read for like 15 minutes just to check it off. But I didn't know what I was reading. It didn't make any sense to me. I had no application out of it. And I think that kind of 
approach kind of carried with me into like middle school and high school where I didn't understand Mm. how to read the Bible. I think I read it as if this is going to speak directly into my life right now. And I'm going to find a sentence that applies to me and I have to read till I find that sentence. Or I'm going to read this story about this epic person that I'm going to sit there and think about like, how did this person live their life and how can I be more like them? As opposed to what was God doing in this person's life? How does this story reveal God's character? Being here at Biola, I think I've realized a lot about, hey, here is the reason we have the Bible. Here is why it was written. And it has helped me reevaluate how and why I should read the Bible. And I think it makes the Bible a lot more interesting because there's a certain level of guilt that comes when I'm reading the Bible, but I feel like I'm not necessarily like getting anything out of it or like, oh, I don't feel close to God. And I'm like evaluating my Bible experience on my emotions and how much it applies to me in the moment. So I think that can be very discouraging and can be a big reason why people don't really have a strong desire to read the Bible is because we misunderstand how. So let's stay here. Really practical there's a bunch of parents listening to this. What can parents do or can they, or is it just like, you know what? No 10 year olds really going to understand the mega narrative of why God wrote the Bible and how to read it and whatever. You're just going to kind of struggle and struggle and struggle. And then when you're 18, it'll all kind of make sense and just think about it and it'll all make sense in the end. But it's just an unrealistic expectation for a 10 year old to be like, Oh wow, I got it. And I'm reading the Bible for all it's worth at 10. I do think it gets to a certain extent of when you're young, you think in a very logically concrete way and you can't grasp certain abstract concepts. As a kid, there's only so much you can understand. But I do think that it can be helpful to maybe address certain things about the Bible. Like as you get older and you can explain things, three ways we interpret the Bible wrong that really were fascinating to me. And one of them is we assume every passage in the Bible is about us. And I think that might just come from a culture where we were taught to like apply everything to ourselves. And we think it's good to take stuff from the Bible and apply it in our own lives. And while that's good, it's important to remember that the Bible wasn't written for Marianne specifically in her own life today on February 2nd. I think another thing is as kids, we get really invested in the biblical characters. And so I sit here and I read about David and Goliath and I idolize David. And I think, how can I be more like David? And I use him as my model, as opposed to thinking, oh, what can I learn about God through this passage? Mm. Yeah. I mean, like piggybacking off of that with the story of David and Goliath, instead of focusing on, wow, look at David, look at the faith that David had, like, Mm -hmm. that is super awesome. But why don't we also look at Dude, look at God. God took this shepherd boy, this guy who's never even been to the army. He's just bringing food to his brothers. God took him and God defeated this giant who was abusing his name. God defeated that giant through David. And it's all about God. God did this. God did that. God is the one who made the stone hit Goliath and like kill him. Like it was God. And why don't we glorify God and look for how big and powerful God is in the story instead of looking at just looking at David. And Mm -hmm. I just wonder if it would be more beneficial to like absolutely look at the Bible characters, Mm -hmm. but behind every Bible character and every Bible story, the big picture is what do we learn about God from this? How do we learn how powerful God is? Stuff like that. But go back to your point. I have one more thought that I just 
bottom. Yeah. As an example of where we take a biblical character and we think that, oh, this is a character like that was given to us to explain how to do stuff, but it's not. When we think about Gideon, we often read the story and think, oh, we need to lay out the fleece. And this is an example of how we should test what God's will is. But in reality, the Bible never actually says that that was a commendable action or the proper way to discern what God wants to tell us. It's a story about how God used a man who had weak and frail faith, and he was still able to lead his people to victory. And so the story is about God is the hero, not Gideon. That's good. Let me step it up a notch on controversial. You guys used the example of Gideon and fleece. I'm sure you've offended, you know, half of the listeners to this thing. I'm going to try and offend everybody all at once. Uh-oh. What do you guys think of when they say, hey, here's how Jesus did it. So necessarily in every instance, we ought to do it exactly like Jesus did it. I think sometimes the Bible says Jesus is our example. There's no doubt about it. Philippians 2, 6, you know, Jesus, who was God, didn't think of himself as this high and mighty dominate and make people serve him. He came to serve. And so we should pattern ourselves after his humility in serving others. There's lots of examples like that in the Bible. But sometimes people say, oh, in this exact circumstance, Jesus chose to pray rather than to say something, or he chose to say something rather than to pray, or he chose to do it this way instead of that other way. And sometimes people say, because Jesus did it this way, every person in every circumstance ought to do it exactly the way Jesus did. I personally think I'll be the one to offend everybody. Man, you got to be careful with that. You have to not say, well, here's a description of something in the Bible. And so I'm going to make that a prescription for everybody now today. Mm-hmm. You guys understand what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. It's hard to take every single instance and try to apply it to our lives now because we don't have the full context and knowledge that Jesus did in that situation. I might not know exactly why Jesus chose to pray instead of speak or why he chose to rebuke instead of comfort. But in those situations, (laughs) Jesus might be able to read their body language or know things about them and stuff that we don't have access to just by reading this text. And so I think it's hard to try and take everything Jesus did and generalize it to specific applications. Thank you for backing me up on that. You had a third thing, Marianne, that you were going to say. The third point that I have for a way we interpret the Bible wrong is that we allegorize narrative passages, which is when we try to find meaning behind the literal historic meaning of the passage. Mm. So for example, we might say, oh, the 10 plagues represent problems in our lives or the storms on the Sea of Galilee represent the storms of our life. And we take all these narrative stories and try and find themes and morals to apply our own lives at the risk of misinterpreting the reason they were actually included. Who was famous for doing that? Early church father. It was Origen. He's like exalted as like, oh, this super smart guy. And he's got an amazing testimony and did all this stuff. But he was like, some of the way that he interpreted and implied the Bible, I think were just completely off. And he used to try and read allegories into narratives or whatever the word you use, Marianne. And I think it was just completely the wrong way to go. There was a fundamental misunderstanding of what scripture was for 
but he's exalted it as this like mega church father. I can understand why he was exalted because he probably made people feel really great about themselves yeah. with the Bible stories. It's fun to talk about ourselves. We like thinking about ourselves. <laughs> and it's fun to say, hey, that's like just the regular knowledge that everybody else gets. Mm. But we're part of the special team. Mm. And we know the, the meaning behind the meeting. We know the secret knowledge. All right. Good discussion, ladies. Let me end this. And please, what are some annoying things that Christians do? <laughs> and you might even say, hey, myself, I do this. You know, what are some things that you're like, ah, I wish Christians didn't do this. I wish it wasn't part of just normal American Christian culture to be like this. What are some examples? I'm going to just preface this by saying I do this too. So I am not exempt from this. I do this too. Don't worry about it. Like I'm not trying to like condemn anybody. I do it too. But it still annoys me. When Christians use Christianese phrases or they use Bible verses that they hear other people repeat a lot. So they'll repeat them. They won't take the time to think, wait, what does this Bible verse actually mean? Or wait, like, is this Bible verse even in context? And I'll say one right now. And it annoys me when Christians, or I don't know, like they want to pass a test at school. So they'll be like, well, I'm just going to hold on to this verse. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That bothers me because if you look at the context of that verse, Paul is saying, hey guys, I have been hungry. I have been thirsty. I have had all of these problems, all of these situations that would honestly cause me to be discontent. But through Christ, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. I can be content because it is Christ who sustains me, Christ who strengthens me. And so in the context it's meant to be read in, that verse is super encouraging. But to use that and just apply it to all other situations, that annoys me. Just lots of Christianese phrases that will be thrown around. And again, I do this too, where I will just repeat a phrase because I've heard other people use it, but I don't actually know what I'm talking about. I don't actually <laughs> even, like the phrase doesn't even make sense or the phrase doesn't even apply to my life. And so that's honestly been something I've been convicted of just like in the past like two weeks, just thinking about before I speak, especially before I speak about something concerning God, I need to shut up first and think about it and really just try to represent God well, try to represent his word well and don't misinterpret it or misapply it or things like that. So yeah. That's really a good one. How about you, Marianne? One thing that bothers me a lot that I have encountered, especially in the realm of apologetics, is when people use their intellect or their knowledge of logic and argument just to beat other people down. Mm, I think wow. that because as Christians, we have the truth on our side, it can be really easy to come to people who maybe haven't thought about it as much and just utterly demolish them because we are correct. I don't like when Christians argue just to argue or to feel good about themselves and then justify it because they're like, well, I'm evangelizing and that's what God told me to do or I'm going to try and present the truth to people because that's what we're called to do as Christians. And while those facts are true, I think they can be approached in a negative way that does more harm than good. It just misrepresents Christians and what we stand for and turns people away rather than draws them in. Mm -hmm. I've been in conversations with people where they've done that 
Another thing is they'll jump straight into, well, you better believe the gospel in here is that Jesus died for your sins. Why don't you believe that? Blah, blah, blah. And they don't even take the time to listen to like, well, what are your reservations about this? Or what are your thoughts or what emotions you have? And so I think that we need to remember when we have interactions with people is, yes, the logic and the truth is super important, but also this person's experiences and the trials that they've gone through in life are also very important to who they are and how they think. And we need to take it all into consideration when having conversations. Awesome wisdom from two young ladies that I love very, very much. All right, Marianne and Ruthie, thank you guys for being on the show today. And I will bring you back for another session. Can't Sounds wait. good. We'll see you later. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. Now, how about you? Have the last couple of years just been filled with chaos and confusion? Have you found yourself being fearful of more things than you ever have before in your life? Are other people asking you questions about God and your faith in the Bible? So you're beginning to have doubts and ask your own questions. Well, please visit our website, theambassadorsforum.com to check out our resources. We are here to help and the Bible has answers. Finally, thank you for joining us on the radio today. You can join us every Saturday at 9.30 a.m. here on True Talk 800 a.m. KPDQ. I pray that God will raise you up in your own faith and send you out to share that faith with others in the grace and truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Until next time, I'm Roy Swart. May the Lord bless you and keep you.